0: Curious about Buy Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at buyheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions
1: apply. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty-nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone,
0: and welcome to the Your Village Podcast. Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. This week, I'm answering one question from a listener named Lola because Lola has a big question, which basically begins to tackle what a big job parenting is. Lola wrote to me and said, Hi, thank you for the education you have provided in your episodes. I'm a single mom. My daughter is nine and my son is seven. Both of them seem to be very shy and lacking self-confidence and social skills. My seven-year-old boy is very aggressive, and I get a bad report about him from school almost every other day, about hitting other kids and not respecting other space and many more issues. I think I lack a good structure for raising my kids. I wanted to ask if there's any material you would recommend that will teach me how to build a strong foundation or structure in every area of raising kids in a family, maybe a prototype. So first, I wanna untangle this a bit by touching on the obvious and not so obvious areas of parenting and how they all play together. Then give some tips for Lola to get started in the right direction along with recommended resources for continued progress and learning. So Lola, you touched on several areas of parenting including discipline, supporting self-esteem, social skills, and I'm going to add life skills into this because these are really important part of parenting and they also play into the rest of it because it's a part of self-esteem. Let's start with discipline. The word discipline comes from a Latin word that means teaching or learning. So discipline should be about teaching our children, helping our children learn. It's about supporting, coaching, and teaching. I don't know where or when the term got changed from its root meaning, but when we look in the dictionary today, we see that the modern definition is far from its root. The modern definition states, a control that is gained by requiring that rules or order be obeyed, punishing bad behavior. As far as discipline with children, or really anyone, is concerned, it should never be about punishment to get people to stay in line. So I think when a lot of us hear the word discipline, we think punishment because the meaning has gotten so adulterated since the beginning. So I wanted to start by clearing that up. Now, when I speak of discipline, I mean to help teach and guide our children in making good choices for building internal motivation for their behaviors through building empathy. Choices they make because they want to learn, grow, succeed, be kind, caring, and the type of person other people like to be around. It means allowing them room to make choices, which means room to make mistakes, but then helping them learn from their mistakes to make better choices going forward. We help them self-reflect, self-assess, and problem-solve so they know what to do differently the next time. Now, social skills come into play here also when we're talking about being the type of person that other people want to be around. So teaching and coaching social skills is a part of discipline. We want to set boundaries around their choices so they can make mistakes that don't make them crash and burn so hard that it's hard to recover from those, but rather they metaphorically can fall down and scratch their knee rather than breaking every bone in their body. Another way I've heard this put is like a kite on a string. We let our kids string out a little at a time so they don't go up too far too fast, not have enough skill to be able to handle it and then come crashing down to the ground. If they show us we gave them a little too much string, they start to dip and dive. We pull that string back, we pull back those boundaries, we pull back their choices. And then we give them the support and boundaries they need. And then we slowly let the string back out again as they show they're ready for more responsibility. Now, a lot of trouble for parents comes in when they aren't sure what they should be expecting from their kids at certain ages. So I often see parents either just fly by the seat of their pants, try this, oh, that didn't work. Okay, let's try that. I don't recommend this method. Or they go off what they see other families doing. Now, here's what I've noticed about that. In general, my kids' peers don't have enough responsibility. I've also noticed this with the kids that I worked with at the middle school as well. Not enough responsibility, yet too much freedom in some areas. Now this is more true for my older son's peers than my younger two. So this starts to happen as they get towards the middle of elementary school and then this continues on through middle school and high school and then they get ready to leave home and they don't have all the skills they need because they haven't been given the responsibility over time. Now. Keep in mind, my kids are the same age as Lola's. My twins are seven. My older son is nine. Now, in most areas, my older son has far more responsibility than his peers, which means more freedom in some areas. But by freedom, I mean freedom that requires responsibility. He has less freedom in other areas, though. So here's my example. My oldest is responsible for getting himself up and ready in the morning and getting his morning chores done. He gets himself up, dressed, teeth brushed, gets his own breakfast and feeds the dogs. He is completely responsible for his own homework, meaning when and how it gets done and getting it into his backpack before he goes to bed. And I generally don't need to ask or remind him any of this even once. On occasion, I will see the homework sitting on the table and not in his backpack and I will remind him. I also will ask if he's brushed his teeth and sometimes it hasn't been done, he has to go back up and do it. Other than that, I don't really have to give reminders very often. As far as his homework, he gets it all done by himself, but once every few weeks, he'll ask for some help. He has chores he has to get done throughout the week. If they aren't done by Sunday, I'll remind him, but most of the time, I don't have to. Also, he gets to go over to friends' houses, and as of lately, I've let him start going to friends that are even outside of our little neighborhood, our little three-street neighborhood that we have. He's allowed to go over with his watch on, his phone watch, so that I can call him. He has to call when he gets there and he has to answer if I call. This is a rule. If I can't reach him, he knows that means he's in big trouble. He has the freedom to go to a friend's house if he can handle the responsibility of calling me when he arrives and answering me Whenever I call, even though he knows, I might be asking him to come home. When he doesn't have as much freedom with is screen time, access to electronics and nutritional food choices. I've been getting the argument a lot lately about how all of my friends have a phone and they make fun of me. Now, I'm sure they don't all have a phone, and if any of them are really making fun of him, then that's on them. So these are some fun conversations and learning opportunities that he and I have been having lately. So enough of that, that was just an example of the types of responsibility that a nine-year-old should be able to handle. For the most part, some kids are gonna struggle more with the homework and may need some more guidance and help with that, but as far as having responsibility for their daily routine and daily tasks, they should be handed that for the most part. If you need to scaffold them, meaning support them a little bit through that at first and then back away, a nine-year-old should be able to get themselves up in the morning, get themselves ready for school, get going with a few reminders, same with homework, and other types of daily tasks or chores that are theirs in your home. So let's get into some discipline tips and resources for Lola and anyone else who isn't sure where to start. First, some other podcast episodes that discuss this topic that are really good to start with include episode number 22, which is called What is Your Parenting Style? I talk about the four parenting styles and the different outcomes, along with why one style in particular is the most effective for raising happy, successful, responsible kids. This is, of course, the style discussed and taught on the podcast, as well as the classes on my website. Now when I say style, it's really an attitude of approaching parenting. It's not a strict cookie cutter, here's how you approach each and every issue step by step, because every child in every situation is different, so we definitely need options. In addition to that episode, my class Intro to Discipline on the website covers that material more in depth, plus additional information about the basics of discipline, why some things work and why others don't, the role of discipline, And help to give basic overall understanding of the discipline process so parents can be more effective. Another episode that is very helpful is episode number 55, Raising Responsible and Independent Kids Part 2. Obviously, there's a part one, episode number 54 which also covers some more about parenting style and how it affects kids' abilities to be independent and responsible. But episode 55 gets into all the life skills kids should have by age, so that by the time they leave home, they are ready to be independent and take care of their own stuff. So it's a really good barometer to see if your kids are on track for this. When it comes to setting up a household where kids are ready, willing, and able to do these tasks, you want to use positive discipline giving responsibility, using positive feedback, coaching, strong communication skills, setting boundaries, following through, and then appropriate consequences only when absolutely necessary and only as a last resort. Now, this is a huge category, obviously. There's a lot of information to cover in there, way too much to go into here. So that's why I put the discipline classes on the website, discipline tools for toddlers, discipline tools for preschoolers, and then one for elementary age kids, which is kids ages five to 10. Getting kids to listen, misbehaviors and their solutions, power struggles, etc. All those discipline classes are on the website and they give parents access to all the information on demand. So to watch a sample of the classes or to sign up to watch the full class, you can go to the website at yourvillageonline.com under the discipline section. Also, you can check out any of the books by Jane Nelson. My discipline classes are a combination of information from her teachings along with several others, but she's got some great books. Again, her name is Jane Nelson, and her books are called things like Positive Discipline, Positive Discipline for Teens, Positive Discipline for Toddlers, etc., Hers go into more depth and background than my classes do. I give some background, but then basically I cut right to the chase of the topic for busy parents who aren't quite as interested or don't have the time in all the deeper psychological background of the whys and all the examples and test cases that she gives in her books. But she also is a great resource. So for parents struggling with discipline such as getting kids to do what is expected of them, listen to episode number five to see if your kids are on track. Then if they aren't on track for their age, make a plan for what you want them to start with to get caught up. One to two things max, for instance, mornings and homework. Get some discipline tools ready to go by reading Jane Nelson or watching the classes on my website like Intro to Discipline, Power Struggles, or the discipline tools for whatever your child's age group is. I will be adding a discipline tools for adolescents as well in the near future, but it's not available yet. Then after you have those tools and you see where your child might be falling short, you want to start tackling those problem areas using the tools that you've learned in the classes or from the books. Because the truth is that kids like to be independent. They want to be independent. So Once they get the idea that getting themselves up and ready in the morning or taking over the process of their homework gives them freedom and independence, the whole process is much, much easier. Get your kids to buy in, they will take it and run with it. It makes your job so much easier. Next, I'm going to cover self-esteem because self-esteem and independence are very interrelated. And I'm going to cover where self-esteem comes from and how to support building our kids' self-esteem right after a word from our sponsor, StoryWorth. What is StoryWorth? StoryWorth makes it easy and fun for your loved ones to share their stories with weekly emailed story prompts, which are questions you've never even thought to ask. At the end of the year, they'll get their stories bound in a beautiful hardcover book. You can strengthen your family bonds and get to know your loved ones in a whole new way. Here's how it works. You purchase the subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends them an email with a question about their life. They simply reply to this email with their story, or they can record it over the phone by calling the StoryWorth number. All stories are private and only shared with family that you choose. After a year, their stories will be bound into a beautiful keepsake book which will be one year of the weekly story prompts. You will get a hardcover printed book, which is black and white interior with color cover, up to 480 pages. Your storytellers can write stories and upload photos by email, web, or the app. You can invite an unlimited number of people to receive the stories. These make great gifts for Mother's Day or Father's Day, even last minute. I love this. I ordered a subscription for my kids so that they could learn about their grandma. But in the process, I have learned so much about my mom. Just as an example, one of the questions that I had sent to her is, what is one of the most selfless things you have ever done in life? She wrote about living in a boarding house when she was a college student, separated from her then husband, who was my father, and living in a boarding house. She wrote about how she gave her mom's coat to another poor woman living in the boarding house and her reasons for it. What makes this story all the more compelling is that my mom's mom had died when my mom was only 16. Her dad had remarried within four months of her mom's death to a woman who was not at all nice to my mom. My mom didn't have very many things from her mom. And so for her to give this woman her mom's coat is very touching. If I hadn't given this gift to my mom, for these stories to share with her grandchildren, with us, I would never have learned this about her or so many other things. I can't say enough about how personal and touching StoryWorth stories and books are. They're way better than just another set of comfy pajamas or a tie. So for $20 off, visit StoryWorth.com parenting when you subscribe. Again, for $20 off your own keepsake book full of stories, go to StoryWorth.com slash parenting parenting. Now that we're back, let's get back to talking about raising kids with self-esteem. Self-esteem comes from two places, feeling wanted and needed and having skills. So being helpful around the house, believe it or not, adds to self-esteem. Yes, telling your kids they are important to you and why is another way for them to understand they're loved and needed, but also contributing to the family makes us feel needed as well. Skills also play into self-esteem, and these include life skills. Being able to take care of oneself is an important piece to self-esteem. It's not just I can draw well or I'm a great goalie. It's I can sweep the floor. I can pick out my own clothes. I can make my snack or breakfast. I can take care of myself. That's huge. If your kids are toddlers, you see this every day. They are independent little stinkers, or they try their hardest to be. Let them be independent in positive ways, and they'll push back a lot less in the annoying ways. If your kids are older than toddlers, you probably remember this stage pretty well. They want to do everything and anything they can on their own, and persistently so. So let them. I remember it when my daughter was, I don't know, really young, three, maybe four, and she wanted to button her own pants every morning. She wanted to button her own pants. She hadn't developed the dexterity in her fingers yet to be able to do it, but she was not about to let me do it for her. So I remember the way that I circumvented this was one of the first things we did when she got up was put her pants on so that she literally could have as much time as she wanted within reason to try to button her own pants. So I'd be getting the other kids ready, I'd be getting breakfast ready, and she's working hard to try to button those pants. And she would go at it for about 20 minutes before she would finally come to me and ask for my help. But she got that full amount of time that she needed to feel like she gave it 100% of her effort before she was like, okay, I need some help with this. And then of course, within time when she was ready, she was then able to do it by herself. But a lot of times, this independence seems to die down in many families by the time kids are in late elementary or middle school. Why? Because adults tend to squash it. Don't squash it, build it. Kids say, Can I help with? And we often say, No, just let mommy do it this time. Soon they stop asking. Let kids help any way they can. They want to help with dinner. Give them a butter knife and let them chop some vegetables, even if it's a vegetable you weren't planning on using for dinner. Give them a cucumber, let them chop it up, and put it on the side as part of dinner. Figure out some way your kids can help you so that you don't squash their wanting to do so. Also, an important thing to remember about self-esteem is that it has to be built. It cannot be given. I've seen this meme, and some of you have probably seen it as well. It's really sweet, and I can see the appeal but it says something like, our job is to fill our kids' bucket so full of self-esteem that no amount of holes will empty the bucket. Now, I see several problems with this. First one is if you leave the job of self-esteem up to another, up to the parent to fill up the bucket, then they're always going to rely on someone else to fill it up. That's external. It's not internal. They need to be able to fill up their own bucket. Number two, Too many holes are going to empty that bucket, no matter how hard you try to fill it up. And who wants the job of constantly filling up someone's bucket? So three, let's teach our kids not to poke holes in other people's buckets. That's the issue I see there. The problem there is the hole poker. Okay. So I digress, but seriously, self-esteem has to be built through skills and abilities and feeling needed and wanted. We can help our kids feel needed and wanted through our words and actions. And of course, that's important too, like I shared earlier. But kids are going to grow up. They're going to move out of the house and they will feel needed and wanted by being of service to others, by making the world a nicer place, by working hard and achieving goals, by learning that they're going to mess up they're going to even fail. Failure is part of trying and it's inevitable. The important thing to remember to teach kids is that you have to get back up and try again. Failure teaches lessons and makes us stronger. It's not a sign to quit. So we need to give our kids opportunities to see their abilities and their own potential. This is the best job we can do in helping them build self-esteem not by setting them up so that they can't fail, not by bubble wrapping them. That will do the opposite. That's a disaster. All these awards and congratulations just for showing up. And I think it's on the decline now. Thank goodness. They actually work against building true self-esteem. Just as a last example, and I do this to my husband on occasion, and I'm sorry, honey, but he likes to say, I'm so proud of you. And he doesn't do it as much as he used to, but He'll say it sometimes for things that are just expected. Don't be proud of your kids for brushing their teeth. That's expected. Don't be proud of them for behaving in class that day. That's expected, especially by third grade. He liked to say that a lot when our third grader got recognized for good behavior on a daily basis, but only once in a blue moon does he not get recognized for it. That's not something to be proud of. That's expected. I expect my son to behave in class. Now, if he sticks up for the kid who's being bullied, then I'm proud. If he takes time to clean up trash that isn't his after lunch, then I'm proud. But don't tell your kids you're proud of the behavior that should be expected. Then they start looking for external validation for doing something they should be doing anyway. They should have to work for the I'm proud of yous. Those are special, and then they mean something. So for more on self-esteem, you can listen to episode number two. And for even more ways to work with kids' self-esteem, you can also see the class on the website, Under the development and health section, there's two, one for self-esteem kids zero to five, and another one for five and over. Lastly, I want to touch on the social skills piece of Lola's question. So for Lola, your son's social skills behavior does seem to be behind his peers. This type of behavior, the aggression, the getting into people's personal space, is very common in four-year-olds, sometimes into the early five. Not acceptable in those ages, but common and where we work with them to make better choices. But by five, by the time they enter kindergarten, we do expect kids to be able to mostly, for the most part, resolve differences by talking it out or going to get an adult if they can't work it out together. Now, since I don't have the answer to part of this, I'm going to throw this out for Lola and any other parents who are wondering about this. And this is, how does your son behave at home? Is it different? Or does he seem to struggle with the same deficit in social skills at home? When he gets upset at home, how does he react? Does he get aggressive with his sister or with you? Or does he react better? Whether he acts differently in the two different places or the same is telling. If he reacts differently at home, it means he has the ability to handle himself more appropriately. He has the skills. He's just not using those at school for some reason. If he's reacting the same in both places, then there are things to troubleshoot. It means he probably doesn't have the skills for one reason or another. Is he simply lacking skills that he needs to be taught, that he needs to work on? Is he angry about something in the history of his family? Now, I don't know if his dad's in the picture or not, but could he be acting out about that? Or is there some type of possible diagnosis? Just for instance, I'm not making a diagnosis, but, Something like ADHD, which can lead to impulsive behavior. So if he's acting differently at school than at home, then you can work with him at home. But it's not going to be super effective because it's kind of like me going to my kid's teacher and telling her he didn't eat his vegetables at dinner and asking her to talk with him about it. But you can have conversations at home. What happened at school today? Why did you hit Jack? and get some information. The thing with kids this young is that a consequence at home is rarely going to translate to his behavior at school. He's not going to stop and think before he gets aggressive. Oh wait, mom said I wouldn't get to go to the party tomorrow if I act out in school today. He's acting out, he's reacting. He's not thinking through his actions. So you would want to get to the bottom of what's happening, at least from his perspective, then coach him on how to handle it better. You can discuss feelings, you can read some books at home like Hands Are Not For Hitting or Personal Space Camp or It's Hard To Be A Verb. This is, teaches about impulsivity. I have created a list of 22 books for kids on all different aspects of social skills. So you can get a copy of that list from the website at yourvillageonline.com podcast social skills books, yourvillageonline.com slash podcast, slash social skills books, all one word, all mushed together. In addition to that, I would work with the school to figure out what's happening in the environment. This means if he's different at home versus at school, so that you and the school admin can work together to get your son the support he needs to make better choices when he's struggling with his peers at school. Now, if he's acting the same at home as he is at school, then what I already gave about coaching at home, about his behavior at home, as well as discussing and coaching the behavior when he gets home from school, reading the books and working with the school will also be helpful. For tips on coaching about aggression, you might wanna listen to episode number 35, where I talk about helping kids with aggression and episode number 73, where I share tips for a parent dealing with an aggressive five-year-old. If things improve within a month, and don't expect perfect, but expect market improvement, noticeable improvement. Then stay on this path. If they don't improve, then there is something deeper going on. Emotional struggles due to life stress or potentially an assessment for behavioral concerns may be in order. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at your Thanks for listening and see you next time.